0: You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill.
1: I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, City Farming, in which we discuss new ways to think about food in urban settings. This show will talk about urban agriculture training for people of all abilities and new opportunities in community development. It's my pleasure to introduce to you Joe Gensaflez, coordinator and supervisor at The Patch, an urban agriculture community program. Joe, what does The Patch stand for?
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me. The Patch stands for people, agriculture, training, community, and hospitality.
1: Wonderful. What a great combination of ideas and it's a pleasure to have you on the show today, Joe, and tell us all about this amazing program. How did it start and what's its mission?
0: Uh, It it actually uh, started as an extension of services that uh, Hutton House, my employer, already had. So Hutton House, we're celebrating our our 70th year this year, uh, working uh, with people with different abilities and uh, we pride ourselves on holistic support for our participants. And we realized that one spot that we were missing was in food security. So the patch started out of the belief that uh, in providing people with holistic support, food of course is one of the most important areas, uh, as well as the transferable skills and independence that people learn from taking care of their own food security
1: wonderful what an incredible mission and a great way to contribute to the community develop skills and also learn a lot the patch has a principle of 100 percent hands-on and that's really really an important part of the overall programming both in person and virtually and why is this so important joe and how do you achieve it
0: i, I think the core of why that is so important is that it is the goal to teach independence you know, I, I always think that these programs that we do, they're, they're temporary programs until the independence is learned. And for us, food security should have its core in being owned by the people that are in need of it the ability to grow their own food and to benefit from the skills and teach uh, each other within our community. You know, we we achieve that through both methods, you said, both in person and virtually. And that really boils down to the reach. So we know that, you know, that the farm folks can come to the farm and, you know, weather dependent, but with the, the uh, virtual farming, which definitely a new concept to us, we were able to reach not only people in our local community, but people across the province in the country.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. And what are some of the hands-on activities or skills that um, the people that work in the program and participate in the program are addressing?
0: Absolutely, I I think you know. There's there's everything from uh, being able to take care of your space, uh, seed saving, growing food, harvesting food, um, sharing the food with those in need in the community. So you know, we we have people that come to the program and they are actually harvesting food for um, organizations that provide meals for people that also wouldn't have food security. So I think. If I could narrow it down to one thing, I think that it is developing community, but it is also those other um, tangible skills that I mentioned.
1: Okay, really, really important. And so I know that uh, it's a really meaningful program in not just our community, but there are other communities across Canada and we have many countries listening into the show that it's something that everyone can inspire each other with the good news stories and the things that are happening. Can you share some of the patches outcomes statistically How many people have been through the program? How many pounds of food have you grown? That sort of thing.
0: Absolutely. So I think with the program, this is, I I think coming up on next week is our first uh, full year um, as the patch. And uh, we've seen somewhere in the vicinity of 150 to 170 people come through the program. Uh, And we have have two sites. So we have, an indoor farm This a hydroponic farm, and that's called Nathan's Urban Farm. And we, our first year, harvested 660 pounds of food from Tower Gardens. So those are leafy greens, so no root vegetables. So that's, that's a lot of lettuce. That and... is.
1: <laughs> it's one thing when you're weighing potatoes or tomatoes, but when you're weighing spinach or kale or leafy <laughs> greens, as you say, that's a lot of pounds. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs>
0: And um, with our our Cavendish Community Food Hub, which is our outdoor farm, between um, July to this week of the the end of October, we're um, harvesting about 100 to 150 pounds a week.
1: Wow. So incredible. If you've only been going as the patch for almost a year, when's your anniversary?
0: It will be uh, November 1st. So uh, Tuesday, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> how exciting how exciting and this show is going to air november the 5th so the anniversary will have been um a couple of days before the show uh so happy anniversary on november 5th for the uh, one year mark for the show what a level of production when you've named how many pounds you have harvested and all the people that have been through the program to do that in a year all the administration behind the scenes the coordination the logistics and um just making sure person a is where they're supposed to be and you know all the and when you're moving product in, in farming. That's really incredible. And I think a testament to the hard, hard work, but also the intention and the vision and just the joy that everyone has in the program. That's just fantastic. And Joe, could you share some of the intangible, but very significant outcomes of the program? What are are some of the benefits to the growers, the trainers, or the community um, of the patch program?
0: You know, community community might be my favorite word um, since I've been a part of this program. And, you know, I, I think of individuals that came to this program that had no farming, growing or urban agriculture skills, and we've seen them come back to the program um, to to learn new skills, but also to mentor and foster those skills in, in new participants that come on and be able to speak um better than than myself and my colleagues about the program to really speak from the heart and what what has meant to them and the independence that they've gained and and, you know i always go back to that i we had one participant that um grew a watermelon she had never grown anything before and her whole family came out to harvest the watermelon and greatest day of my time the farm so far (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's amazing and what a celebration and I bet that was the best tasting watermelon in the whole world when they finally actually <laughs> shared it enjoyed it together you know community is so important there's so much going on in the world we can often wonder whether we're alone or whether you know what can we do and we hear stories just like that really important and it is what life is about and that we do need each other and we're members of the human family and stories like this really really you know make us feel a lot better so thank you so much for sharing that joe are there other uh successes that i haven't asked you about that you'd like to share about the program the patch
0: you know absolutely i mean we're uh every day in this program is it is it feels deep in the heart it's fun it's wonderful Getting to you know learn my community. I've lived I've lived in London almost my whole life. I've lived here for you know almost fifty years. Meeting meeting people in, in that are involved in grassroots programs. You know we have a, a couple really strong partnerships. You know I would look at Sanctuary London and uh, meeting the wonderful people from that organization that organize um, a community dinner for everybody every Wednesday, two hundred to two hundred fifty people. And, um, and and seeing the heart and the care that they um, they put into making really healthy meals to to you know to develop our community and 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 regardless of where people um, come from and 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 what their needs are, it's a space to sit down and for people to to enjoy each other's company and uh, knowing that you know when we're we're delivering um, our veggies there, what they're going to it means so much to us. Uh, We have a wonderful partnership with with Indwell, Indwell uh, prepared the beautiful meals and so creative for people um, and a lot of uh, folks that may uh, live in an Indwell community. Um, I don't know that they've ever, um, uh, you know, uh, had some of the the beautiful, artistic and incredibly healthy meals um, that are created from the vegetables that we drop off and and the conversations at the door that we have with the staff, it means so much
1: yeah and you know just that we are become so interested in where our food comes from and kind of the special moral status of it not just that we're you know um making sure we aren't hungry although that's really important uh factor and very important to the show but the um sort of evolution from a seed all the way to the plate and, and whose hands touched it and you know what part of the community or and it just makes it taste so much better that joy that's part of the whole process and knowing where it comes from you had said when you're dropping off some of the vegetables or some of the produce that just the happiness that you're greeted with and receiving it but also knowing when you see images of what's on the plate or even having had the meal yourself that's just a sense of satisfaction And this ability to build bridges that food has it's just so wonderful Um, that not only that it's happening in this community but other communities uh, also but a real example the patch is showing for not only london but many many other areas who might want to start something similar or expand what they're already doing just fantastic after the break we'll talk about new opportunities for communities through urban agriculture and people of all abilities with joe Gan from the Patch, Urban Agriculture Community Program here in London. This is Food for the Future and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist.
0: Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill.
1: Welcome back to Food for the Future. I'm your host, Peg Younial, Home Economist, and we've been speaking with Joe Gansalis about the PATCH, an urban agriculture community program with people of all abilities. Joe, before the break, we heard about the many exciting qualities and contribution of the PATCH program. Where to from here?
0: It's a great question. You know, we, we're we always looking and we're always refining the program. Um, I, was, I was at the farm this morning and we, we currently have 15 accessible beds. We're lining the whole farm. So, it, so it's, a, it's a fence location. We're lining the whole farm with um, a bed all the way around. So we're looking at uh, doubling our output for next year. So we're looking to deliver 300 to 350 pounds of food a week. And we are currently in the process of uh, developing our indoor farm to a larger site so that we can have that as a, a training site and also continue to deliver uh, healthy food in the winter.
1: Wow, those are—I um, mean, I'm from agri-food, so when I hear that level of production and that many pounds of food a week, that—that's a lot. It's a lot of program planning, a lot of coordinating, a lot of um, commitment. So that's just fantastic. And um, along the way, it's what are some of the most significant opportunities you see in community-based urban agriculture programs that? part of the ability to produce that much food um it's part of
0: again uh community is my favorite word and you know when we started this program you know we knew the value in it i i came personally my family um are all in construction and transferable skills were um the importance were preached to me i deeply value them and and we at hutton house deeply value transferable skills and having Uh, individuals that have come from our programs and gone and and work for employers such as uh, the Western Fair in their uh, their Wormery project and and seeing that these are new skills newfound skills that have maybe helped create a career learning about other uh, urban agriculture projects um, such as the wonderful organization Urban Roots in London and and knowing that there are there are several people that deeply care about transferable skills and, and healthy food for people and and looking at the the nooks and the crannies not having to look at the 100 acres the 200 acres but looking at the nooks and the crannies within cities and figuring out how to grow healthy food for people i i think it is um it it was unknown to me and i think it was unknown to the organization but knowing that there are so many people that are so dedicated to to providing these opportunities for people to learn this independence through food it's it's really wonderful
1: yeah. And there's a lot of things, uh, revitalizing urban land. You talk about finding those nooks and crannies, certainly rooftops and parking lots and buildings or spaces that used to have, um, industry or something else. there are now being revitalized, but I think it recontexts us to like nature's cycle and contributing to life and observing life and watching its evolutions and knowing when something needs water and knowing when something might need some fertilizer or something else. It's really, I think, uh, like you had said, not just community-based, but a process of discovery and so incredibly rewarding. Joe, could you please share one of your most rewarding experiences? Now, you told us already about this glorious watermelon and how the whole family came to harvest that and what a celebration from working from the patch and certainly. But what are some of the most rewarding experiences overall working in the, at the patch and doing what you do?
0: I'm, I'm going to start really, um, really early in the pandemic um and when we had the tower gardens so before we even had our outdoor cavendish community food hub we had nathan's urban farm and nathan's urban farm was a was a project that uh, we started with the nathan t deslip fund uh, a wonderful memorial fund and we quite honestly we didn't know what we were going to do uh about um staffing you know we we definitely needed a volunteer and to help to help us. And we thought of volunteer for a couple hours a week. And um, we had uh, a wonderful participant of Hutton House, Sarah. And we had, you know, there were a lot of restrictions that we had to follow, social distancing. And Sarah said, I'm really looking for a volunteer opportunity. And I said to Sarah, I have one, because almost everything was closed down. I'm like, how would you feel about working with tower gardens? And she said, I don't know what those are, but it sounds like fun. (laughs) And Sarah not only volunteered with us, um, to start, but she came on as a staff member and she's now our resident, um, aeroponic tower garden, um, expert. So she is the person that teaches volunteers how to use the tower gardens. She's the person that, that will facilitate. And she had no experience and she definitely, on our team is, is the expert. She knows the pH, she knows the nutrients, she knows how to take care of those towers. And she, she has them humming and producing and it's absolutely wonderful.
1: Fantastic. So it's just such a story of possibility in so many ways uh, for the participants, for what their next growing season will bring. But when you talk about someone saying, I-, I have no technical ability right now yet, but I wanna help and I'm gonna go for it. And so to see that level of possibility, that level of commitment and openness of everyone to just get in their pitch and uh, create something really really incredible that's just fantastic it's what the humanities are all about and we do try to bring the humanities to today's food dialogue joe so philosophy history and creativity how do these approaches relate to what you're doing at the patch
0: i am fortunate enough to work somewhere where um we, we call hutton house a people place there's no cookie cutter approach to how we do our job we view our role as roles of, of assistance to people that are um, looking to to gain independence uh, something that you know we've done for 70 years and 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 looking at each person's individual they they're allowed to bring their own story to what they're looking to do they're they're allowed to look at their journey independently, and they, uh, they help us change and, and evolve and grow our programs to their needs. Just really, you know, it's really a wonderful thing. I, I, I look at also, um, you know, historically, we look at the, the land that we're privileged enough to, to work on. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough that um, we've partnered with the Indigenous community, we had a sunrise ceremony. Recently, with Dan and Mary Lou Smoke at the Cavendish Community Food Hub, and it's you know we're so honored that we're able to to work together with 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 the community and and, and to 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 respect and honor each other.
1: Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. It's a uh, an entire concept of a way of life, uh, and and I think that that's fantastic um the show is also called food for the future and how do community-based programs for people with all abilities help us find the way forward together
0: I think the future is all about answers and it's all about questions and I think that you know we look we look for new ways to do things together you know we we share ideas and you know I'm really happy that collaboration is a word that we're using more and I think that when we look Uh, Projects that are community-based. We look at the needs of our community, not the needs of ourselves. I think that's the future. Collaboration and care and respect for one another. And I think that uh, projects like the patch are all about that.
1: Wonderful. I love that. Collaboration, community, seeing possibilities, not just the problems. And, And earlier you had mentioned every nook and cranny. Um, that every every dimension needs a little light, and so definitely programs like the patch help us continue to seek those things out. Joe, I would talk all day, but we're out of time, and I'm wondering if you have any final messages you'd like to share with our listeners.
0: I would say look for those nooks and crannies. Our our farm is a farm for people, all people, by people that care about other people, and it's it's not out of the reach of of anybody to do it's it's something that that i think we can all do just have to look look at one another and then look for the space to do it
1: wonderful absolutely wonderful thank you so much joe for your inspiring conversation today and for the collective contributions really to our community and the world
0: thank you so much peggy
1: it's been wonderful having you here joe Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Joe Gansilvas, Coordinator and Supervisor at The Patch, an urban agriculture community program with people of all abilities. Each week we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how could you support the expansion of urban agriculture programs for people of all abilities. Something to do, visit patchlondon.ca to find more facts about the program, inspiring stories and much, much more. Next week on the show, we return to the series, Back to the Future. We'll talk with Fiona Monis from FI's Kitchen and Home about learning to cook at home and trying new recipes. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future.
0: Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.